0: Hello, good morning, or good afternoon, obviously, depending on when you're tuning in. Hello, my name is Marcus Washington, co-host of the BCV Show. That's the book, chapter, verse show. I want to say hello again. It has been far too long. Um, the podcast has been currently, or recently, rather, under construction for a number of weeks. And before that, we've had a wonderful co-host of uh, by the name of Chuck Morell. if you haven't met him yet, giving some outstanding Wednesday night lessons from the Book of Revelation. Uh, we'll continue with adding that material so that we stay consistent uh, with getting in God's Word, getting a thorough understanding of His Word, and trying to apply it to our everyday lives. That being said, uh, many moons ago, we we had a lesson, a series of lessons, uh, centered upon subject matter theme. What would a godly government look like? Right, and so we had various episodes on that said subject matter, various topics, segments being dealt with in relation to that subject matter what the executive branch would look like, what the uh, i.e., the vice president and the office of the president, what the legislative branch would look like in a godly government. Uh, An example given the obviously your senate senators and your house of representatives, executive branch execute the laws, legislative branch. Uh, legislate or make the laws, and then last but not least, the judicial branch, the Supreme Court the justices, uh, they, they judge according to those said laws that have went through those proper channels. Well, what would a Gallic government look like versus what we saw this past regime, even previous regimes, I'm reminded of uh, Richard Nixon, his war on drugs. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I forget the official office that this individual man possessed. But the whole whole gist of it all, as far as why it even came about, was based upon lies. The same system of lies of oppression, suppression with the truth getting further and further away from any resemblance of the Bible has been the case for such a long period of time. Case in point, let's grab the Bible. If you don't have the Bible near you or close to you and turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 29. Uh, our co-host gave me this this, t- this particular verse here. You might hear some background noise. This uh, recording is impromptu, uh, non-scripted. Just want to dive in and extract uh, the truth and the precious truths from God's word and get this thing rolling again as far as the BCB show, the book chapter and verse show, Proverbs chapter 29, Proverbs chapter 29, specific verse, verse two, it's a good context, we'll go up to verse one, verse one says, he that being often reproved heart his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and he that without remedy, let me read that again, you hear the beeping in the background, that's my car, he that being often reproved heart his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that, or that destruction, without remedy. Verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, what happens? The people rejoice it, but when the wicked bear it rule, the people mourn. Notice the definite article, the righteous, the definite article, the people, the definite article, the, the who The wicked, the definite article, there's no need for assuming that it's anyone else being talked about. The people, what do they do? They mourn. The comparison contrasts when a righteous individual's in office versus unrighteous individual. Well, since we know the various offices, the various uh, responsibilities and roles of the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch, here's a question. Since we've had evidence of when the unrighteous are in office, office or in, uh, authoritative positions and have the ability to make laws and policies, procedures and see them come about or lack thereof, we see the results and have seen it for years that the people have more and are unwilling to adhere because it's un- based upon ungodly principles. Why hasn't there been more done about it? Brother Washington, Where are you, where are you getting that? Let's just get straight to the heart of the matter. Why aren't there more Christians in political offices? Again, why aren't there more Christians? Those who have put Christ on by way of baptism. Have adhered themselves or joined themselves to the church that Christ took possession of. It says it belongs to me, Matthew 16. It bears his name, no other name. Why aren't there more Christians in political offices? When the righteous those that are right with God, again, verse two, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, if I got my dates correct, yesterday marked the year that our previous president previous uh possessor of the executive branch, the highest office in the land has been proudly proclaimed it gave a lie and said that this pandemic is almost over with and it's going away. And it reminded me as the as the pendulum swings back and forth, Democratic and Republican, the truth has been going further, further away from one's viewpoints where the policies, procedures, laws, etc., are not based upon what will the word of God say about it, but what would my party say about it? What would my position say about it? What would my prestige that comes with my party and my position and partisanship and power say about it? But when the righteous are in rule, the righteous don't look through that same lens or that same paradigm. Brother Washington, why would you say that? The Bible says verse four, Proverbs 29, verse four. You're gonna hear the car one more time. That's simply me cracking the window because it's hot in Texas. Verse 4 Proverbs 29. The king by judgment established the land but he that receiveth gifts of authority Again, let me read that again. Same Proverbs Proverbs 29. The king or one that's in authority by judgment established the land. Doesn't tear it down. Doesn't divide it. There's no partisan warfare. He establishes the land. The contrast but he that receiveth gifts bribery you do a little something for me yeah hey, you scratch my back i'll rub your toe type stuff i don't know where that analogy came from i'm just saying but you get the point what happens but he that receiving gifts overthrow it when the righteous are enrolled the people rejoice let's look at a biblical example second chronicles turn with me if you would the second chronicles i assure you i won't keep you much longer and it's not because it's hot in this car <laughs> it's simply because I do want to keep these podcasts as minimum and practical as possible. To where one can glean from God's word, extract these truths that are applicable to one's life at that individual moment, but truths overall, period, and apply it. And to be able to study it and to be able to see reasons for studying. Hey, this is an hour-long podcast. Why am I going to study this? But this 10, 15 minute, I got you. Getting back to God's word. Second Chronicles chapter 36, we see the contrast here. Uh, a, a good reference to Proverbs chapter 2. When the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. Well, let's look at a righteous individual in rule. The Bible says I said Proverbs chapter 36, Proverbs chapter 34, we see the reign or the beginning of the reign of Josiah, who was eight years old when he reigned in Jerusalem. What did he do? Verse two. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, which is in pale comparison to those that went before him, even his immediate one that went before him, i.e. his daddy, Our dad, Manasseh, King Manasseh, who we'll get to, 2 Chronicles chapter 33, as a contrast to the righteous ruler. Let's keep going. Verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse 3 and following, you see a total reformation taking place. A, a breaking down and a burning and getting rid of and breaking in pieces of all these uh, pagan gods and the idolatry that the, the people had partook of and that the kings, the evil kings before just Josiah had led them down the street off. To them, it was normalcy because the king, the ruling uh, authoritative body, authoritative person said it's okay. And the king is the one at that particular time that set up the rules, regulations outside of the rule, rules and regulations that came by way of the Mosaic covenant. But you see, God's people were so far away from the Mosaic covenant by way of idolatry. It's not even funny. Reminding Judges chapter 1, uh, the you, you see explicitly God's people, the tribes of, of Israel, specific tribes, Dan, uh, 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 Ishakar, get my words right, one of these days, the various tribes are being called out. Why? Because the commission or the commandment was to utterly destroy the inhabitants of the land. But because they didn't do that in chapter 2, the angel of the Lord said, these said people will be a thorn in your side. And you see that being the case of 2 Chronicles. But then you get to one of the second to the last king in Josiah. He's the total contrast of just the immediate predecessor that went before him his dad, King Manasseh. What, what did he do? Total reformation taking place, 2 Chronicles chapter 34 and following. Even to the degree that the Bible says, let's pick up real quick. Uh, chapter 35 now, Second Chronicles, when the righteous are in the rule, the people rejoice. The people are willing to do that, uh, which is enacted. The rules, regulations, and policies that come by way of the righteous ruler because of the righteous ruler going to the word of God as, as, as David commanded that Solomon do and that Solomon do initially to study the laws and the commandments of God, the righteous ruler would look through that lens and thus the people would as well. Biblical example. Let's keep it again in Second Chronicles chapter 35. So what's happened? What's happening now? Verse six and following. Reformation is taking place. The, the Mosaic law has been studied by way of the king. Priestly duties, priestly offices have been reestablished. Uh, offering, 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 While wow, Offerings and sacrifices are being reinstituted. Now you get verse 17 and following, verse 16 and following. The Bible reads, so all the service of the Lord was prepared the same day to keep the Passover, which wasn't taking place previous to Josiah and to offer burnt offerings upon the altar of the Lord according to the commandment of King Josiah, which is the opposite of Manasseh. Manasseh was burning his own children, Josiah's siblings as burnt offerings to pagan gods. Total contrast when a righteous Ruler is in office. The Bible continues. And the children of Israel that were present kept the Passover at that time. Everybody did. And the feast of the unleavened bread seven days. And there was no Passover, verse 18. Remember, the righteous is in office now. The righteous rule Versus the unrighteous, Proverbs 29, verse 2. This is what happens when the righteous are in office. It's not just the king who is looking through a righteous lens and enacting and implementing righteous laws and regulations, but the people are willing, willing to follow it. And the children of Israel, verse 17, that were present, kept the Passover at that time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days. Verse 18, and there was no Passover like to that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel, the prophet. Neither that all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept and the priest and the Levites and all Judea, not just Judea, and even all Israel that were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The people rejoiced. When the righteous are in rule, when the righteous have the authority or in office, the contrast, when the unrighteous are in rule, the unrighteous are in office, it's the total opposite. As a proverb indicated in Proverb 29, verse 2, look what happens when the unrighteous are in office and the lesson will be yours. The Bible says, oh, we'll, we'll go with verse 9. So Manasseh, Josiah's dad, made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, opposite of Josiah, to err and to do worse than the heathen, whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel, the very people we God destroyed, the same people that Manasseh made the people do even worse. So what happened? The Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not. Hearken, when the unrighteous are in rule, when the unrighteous bears the office, the unrighteous ruler and the unrighteous people look through a different lens, a different paradigm. Verse 11, wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host, the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with feathers and carried him to Babylon. Eventually he repented. Eventually called out to God, God heard his prayer supplication. But you see the You see the biblical example. How would a godly government operate if a righteous ruler was in office? Well we see that. But again, unfortunately, our country has went so far away from the Bible, it's not even funny. And it's safe to even say based upon evidence and facts that our country more or less didn't necessarily even have a verbatim Bible perspective or lens that they look through. I hope and pray that this lesson will encourage you. Hello again, my name is Marcus Washington, co-host of the BCV show. That's the book chapter verse show. If you're not a Christian, one has to hear the word where it says faith comes by hearing. And the hearing by the word of God, Romans the 10th chapter, one also has to believe, believe what they have heard. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32, verse 33. Uh, excuse me, rather, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible. Impossible without faith, trust, belief, hope. It is impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. One has to here believe, repent. Luke 13:3. I tell you, nay, and also verse five, unless ye repent or turn a 180, not a 360, ye shall all, promise, likewise perish. Here believe, repent, confess. Matthew 10:32 through 33, which I butchered earlier. And lastly, well, in addition, be baptized, a light figure baptism, as Peter wrote. Uh, life figure baptism now saves us. Then one has to live a faithful life unto death. What would a godly government look like if the righteous were in authority? Thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day.